Okay, folks, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altaw sahla wa anta tajul al-hazna adha shi'ata sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya Rabbil Kareem. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Folks, tell me that you guys can hear uh, clearly everything is um, in terms of quality and all the rest of it, angles, lights, flickering. I think it's flickering a little bit. Yeah, you guys happy with that? That whole... Yeah, it is flickering. Increase the thingamajig, or whatever it is. No, that's increased it. Yeah, I think that's reduced it. So, folks, is that better? If you guys are happy with that, then we'll go with that. Tell me which ones you are happy with so that we can go with it, inshallah. Um, the same, you fish. Honestly, I do only want beats. Completely changed the f-stop, and you reckon it's and it's the same. Got some paddy. Right. Hey, Sahar, how you doing? Welcome. Right, so I think I'm okay with that. Oh, no, there's still a bit of a flicker. You can see a tiny bit of it. Yeah, there is, yeah. It's a different, though. It's not in the same place. The back, you just look at the, the radiator, above the radiator, you'll see it. You're looking at the wrong screen, you need to look at this. One second. Look, that. You just do what you're meant to do with that. Okay, yeah, that's better. That's it. Okay, you're done. No, that white above the thing is... Above the radiator is, is definitely... Inc it, oh, increase the light, isn't it? What's the issue? It's got worse. You've got to increase the light and increase that as well, both of them. They open it up both. Hmm. Okay, I think it's fine. Anyway, forget it, man. I can't be bothered. That's enough. All right, that's fine. All right, folks. That's about as good as it gets without wasting time. And there's got to be some kind of... Uh, there's got to be some kind of... Uh, what's the word? Balance between absolute perfection and uh, whatever whatever it is. Anyway. All right, folks. So in today's uh, lesson, inshallah, we're going to um, cover a few things. 
all right, we want to try to primarily finish off the obligations. And once we finish off the obligations, then we can um, uh, then maybe do a little rundown on what we've covered so far. Um, Mesa very kindly today helped produce that list today. So Alhamdulillah. So let's see where we get to. And of course, we want to cover this issue, controversial issue in the Hanbali Madhab. Not so controversial outside of the Hanbali Madhab, but you know, it is what it is. So... Uh, the specific parts that we're going to be covering is That's what we're doing today وَتَسْبِيحَةَ I don't think we'll get to the last few lines. But its obligations are, and we've covered this already, obviously, takbir, tasmi'at, tahmid, and tasbih. Today, number five, to ask for forgiveness by saying Rabbi once in each unit between the two prostrations. Yeah. But it is sunnah to say it three times. Uh, and then the first tashahud, and then to sit for the first tashahud. Everything other than the conditions, pillars, and obligations that have been previously mentioned are considered sunnah. Whoever, A, leaves a condition without an excuse other than the intention, because it can never be left out, or B, intention leaves a pillar or obligation, then the prayer is invalidated. The prayer is sound in all other cases other than this. Everything else from actions and statements are all considered sunnah. It is not legislated to have to perform the prostration of forgetfulness if they are left out. But if one was to perform it, then there is no problem with that. All right? That's exactly what I was going to ask, page 321. So, uh, uh, I guess we are right at right? We've completely finished that previous section. Everybody, if you're wondering, you know, for the first time, as in everyone, um, then we've just been reading from the class notes. That's now finished. I'm going to go into now the Arabic. Those who are able to follow on the Arabic, then you can turn to page 321 in Al Mumtir. Okay. Um, we didn't complete it. I think we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. So um, I can see that I've completed that. So we are what? So al maghfira. So this is at the top of page two hundred twenty-one. So by the way, before I forget, um, let me uh, because I don't know where my dad is gone, but 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 but. Um, we have, we have listened. Sound like ready Boris Johnson doing another U-turn, right? We have listened, right? Um, so what we want to kick off today, inshallah, is a, a more uh, inclusive, more uh, not inclusive. It's plenty inclusive. If I say inclusive, is like as if we've been exclusive so far, and we definitely haven't, right? Um. Uh, the a lot of folks have been to be honest a lot of people are not using email like they should be right and i think that we are the best users of email ever we never send spam we minimize the emails you know if you get an email from us you know that it has something of meaning okay because i i built the email framework structure theory around how i want to receive an email and it freaks me out to receive emails from organizations and all the rest of it so um what we're going to do is 
uh, open up this uh, channel that I've just posted. Okay, you'll see my uh, AE, that's me. I've just posted a Telegram channel. And what you can do is, uh, this is volume three, volume three of Al Mumta, okay? Um, and it's page 321, right? Uh, but it's there. It's there. Uh, it, we did send one, Solange. Um, it's there in study material. If you click on study material, everybody, then you'll see that you can see Asharh al Mumta, volume three. And then when you click on Azad al Mustaqnit 19, then you'll see that it's got the actual translation and the Arabic uh, uh, the, uh, text of the notes themselves. The commentary obviously is for me and for those who want to follow it further. And then you just have to go down to page 321. Those are for folks who don't have it. Okay. Really? Yeah. It says to be confirmed. Okay. We need to look at that. But anyway, it's, it's, it's out there. Everybody knows now, man. Uh, it's it's 8.30 fixed time for the rest of the... Um, for the next five, six months. Yeah. Um, so what you need to do is you need to download Telegram onto your phone and onto, then afterwards onto your computer. So you need to open it up in your phone. Okay. Um, so somehow you need to send that message from where I've just... Because most of you will be using a computer for this, right? You're not able to register for the mailing list. Eunice, I think what happens is that once you are a, once you sign in, you are automatically on the mailing list. So you would not have received an email if you only joined like a couple of days ago. If you only joined last week, because like I said, we don't send a lot of emails out, right? So Adil, you've been on this for a long time. So if you've not received any emails then and you've checked your junk and everything then clearly they will, they will have a problem then. And uh, Wasif, if you're listening, you need to try and work something out um, uh, there because I had a fear that people would be joining would not automatically be registered in the mailing list. I, I understood yani, that was you know the basic kind of principle. Shazad, you need to work out how to get these folks onto the email list by some other way. Anyway, hmm. So, yeah, look, Tahmid is saying I've not received emails after a bloody year. Flipping heck, man. What kind of bakwas is that? There we go. Mariam said it. Loads of people. Flipping the people who are actually here, they're the ones who are not receiving the emails. The people who are not here, they're the ones who are receiving the emails. Flipping bakwas is that? Can someone make sure that um, there's been loads of emails? Yeah, but always you've been here for years, right? I think the people who have been on... The, the 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 portal for please everybody carry on telling me this okay here write down how when you joined and what you've been receiving on emails or not please uh, uh, write it um because um what that will mean then is that when wasif then can just come straight onto the portal and go through the messages and work out a solution because obviously that's completely uh, unacceptable um so, yeah, it's the students who have been here from the early days. Right. How does... I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Yani, if I spelt my name, Harith, Yani, as Haris, yeah, I wouldn't send you an email either. I'm not going to lie, bro. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> anyway, so let's, uh, let's make sure that we... Yeah, please... Uh, 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 
please ensure if you received emails and obviously you know what happened with that whole um uh gdr thing yeah that messed up everything as well right so that really put the cat amongst the pigeons the gdr thing gdr gdpr whatever bakwas that was so that was a headache but anyway it is what it is but i want everybody to gdpr so uh, I, I want everybody, please, to uh, ensure that they do what is done. But it's clear that the majority of the students who are active are not receiving emails, which is crazy. Please carry on. I'm putting it there so that uh, then... Um... Shaz, make sure this is all noted, yeah? Make sure that Wasif is aware of this, yeah? All right. Carry on whilst I go on. Please uh, carry on with the... Uh, notifications that you on when you joined and didn't receive so that then Wasif who's our tech management team whatever he can then go back and retrospectively try to hook you up using your account using your names and your accounts yeah right right carry on yeah carry on I'm gonna move on with the with the with the text but I want you to all please contribute and Put your names down because it's essential that you're receiving these emails. Yeah, essential. Uh, all right. So as for the Telegram group, I'm going to post that again. Okay. So what I'm doing is uh, join this. Okay. This is the opening Telegram group. Telegram is like WhatsApp, much, much better than WhatsApp. Yeah, and for this kind of stuff, uh, more controlled, has a very great, has a good desktop yeah, any version as well. But you need to open it up in your phone. Okay, and what I need you to do is um, just wait for the announcements there, and then we're going to open up a uh, a group, uh, like a, a more interactive group as well. But we just need to try and find out how it can be managed because it's very difficult for us to manage it. So we need to work out work that out. So this is the first part. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you go into Telegram and you type in logical progression. And then you will be able to join. And the logical progression uh, logo, it's a black, uh, a black box with a white Arabic uh, font logo. It says prophetic guidance underneath it. The same that Shaz has got on his uh, uh, thingy. Same that Shazad has got on his uh, uh, avatar profile thing. Okay? So I'll just do that. All right. Let's get cracking. Zakmullah khair for... Uh, contributing and making it clear what your situation is. So we are now, from a text point of view, on number five from the obligations, to ask for forgiveness by saying, once in each unit. Okay? So uh, uh, in each time that you are between the two sajda, you have to say it once. Okay? At least once. This is the obligations, remember. And as I kind of teased with teased you guys with last week, this is a, a unique position uh, in the Hanbali school, but not without controversy, because not only is, well, almost entire scholarship against or uh, the, the, the scholarly community against that, and they consider this only to be a recommended matter and not an obligation, but more importantly, within the school itself, and obviously those folks who've been studying for a while now will understand this point, right? They'll get this point that, okay, a school 
uh, and we'll come to the variations of it in a minute, Dahmeet. But the um, uh, the point to realize is that there is a um, uh, a maturity that once you start to study fiqh, you know, at the beginning it's all very harsh and all very, you know, that's wrong and this is right, whatever. And then you start to appreciate that, um, you know, that the scholars are all coming from different angles with different interpretations, etc., etc. And then you start to realize that there are nuances, you start to realize that the other scholars have very strong evidences, and then you start maybe even to choose a madhab, okay, which you know my position on, and if you don't, because you're new, then I think a madhab is very useful. It's been a very, uh, uh, um, it's been a safe and uh, 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 protective way of practicing your Islam, and it helps but I'm very much against a person restricting themselves to just a madhab. And more importantly, the mindset of restricting uh, yourself to a madhab. Meaning that, you know, I won't go anywhere else and I won't consider anything else. And this is the be all and end all of Islam. And that will stunt your growth. But for the ma vast majority to spend the most of the time just sticking to a madhab, the Hanafi school, the Hanbali school, is going to be a, a safe practicing way um, to uh, actually, you know, to get this, you know, to get it... Um, to get to, to to where you need to in order that your Islam, as I said, is orthodox, is wholesome. You know, subhanAllah, the biggest blessing of the of the of the madhab is not his fiqh position. The biggest blessing of a madhab is that it it concretes in your mind orthodoxy. I want you to know that in today's battleground for ideas. The biggest problem that we have, and our biggest enemy, our biggest enemy without a shadow of a doubt, is what is the war between orthodoxy and liberalism. Okay, it's the war between orthodoxy and liberalism. So, and when I say liberalism, I mean liberalism in a very, uh, um, in a very generic way. And I don't just mean liberal values. I mean a liberalism, secularism, humanism, the isms which take authority away from the source of orthodoxy. And they give you the belief that you have the right to determine. Okay? That's, that's what I'm trying to express. Once you believe that you have the right to question sources, to question the authenticity of sources when you're not qualified to do so, but more importantly to believe that uh, even if a source is authentic, if it goes against my own understanding, it goes against my interpretation, then this mindset is completely at odds with orthodoxy. And orthodoxy, by the way, has enough problems. So when you see the intra-Muslim wars between Sufis and Salafis and Ash'aris and Maturidis and Atharis, whatever, whatnot, I want you to know that all of these fitna, and some of them are very serious, okay, pale into insignificance. I want you to quote me on that compared to the problem between all of us and the problem or the the, the destruction of their aqidah as 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 has been said their philosophical uh, uh, liberalism or the philosophy of you believing that you have the ultimate say in a position and there are many names that you can call them reformists modernists secularists it doesn't actually matter but when people believe that authority belongs with the scholarly class, when authority is restricted to those who know, 
who have prepared and trained for it, that accept the finality of the sunnah, that accept the uniqueness of the Qur'an. Our differences with them are minor. We can get through all of that. So, uh, and we actually even go as far as to say we will celebrate these differences, even to the level of aqidah. And that's much more controversial, and I don't mean it in an in a, in a absolute sense, but I want you to know that, you know, you know uh, 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 if you think that Ashari uh, folks are your biggest enemy, you have no idea who your enemy is. That's my point. And even though some of the differences between the, the Ashari and Ahl Sunnah when it comes to aqidah and belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are serious, but both groups very firmly believe in scholarship and in sunnah and interpret and in interpreting ayat and hadith within a very strict framework, which the Mu'tazila or which the uh, uh, modern day philosopher, uh, philosophers or modernists or whatever reject the framework completely, scholarship completely. Yeah, and so that's something which is very, very important for you to realize. And you, you, you pick this up with the maturity of your studying Islam when it comes to a madhab. As I was saying, the journey of the madhab, when you start studying fiqh, you start to become more relaxed and start to become more easy upon people and start to appreciate the depth of religion much more as well. And then what will happen is that you will realize that even within a madhab, there are significant differences. So even between a school of thought, the founder will have a position and the rest of the school will go against him. Sometimes, the vast majority of the time, not openly, there'll be claims that, no, actually that is his position, but you don't get it. Sometimes they'll go against him. And frankly, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of times, uh, people will see this as some kind of something to be embarrassed about. All right, or this, or this is a weakness. All right, or this is a problem. We laugh a lot, right, about and when we say the Shafi'i position is this, and or the Maliki, the Maliki say this, and then we say, and in the Hanbalis we have three riwayats. Right, we have three narrations. There's always a Hanbali school that has so many narrations of the position of their Imam or the position of their school. And it's like a joke. And in a way, it is a joke. Okay. However, it's not. Because it also shows the actual aim of fiqh. Right? Which is to educate the people upon the evidences, the understanding of the principles and what we call usul, how people arrive to positions and decisions using those evidences, and then that they are free to differ. And we know it's common with the Hanafi school where the imam will be on one position, Imam Abu Hanifa's position, and his companions and students are taking a different school. But Abu Hanifa himself is celebrating that. And as Mesa just said, the next step will be... So, that, 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 so that's something which is normal. Imam having a position and the school then developing and taking a position itself. The Mu'atamad, the established position in the Madhab, which is normally the same, but sometimes it can be different. You go a whole different next level then when actually there's that split and then on the authority of the Imam you have different... In, uh, multiple narrations from what was the imam holding what was his position actually so that that yani uh, 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 nuance is something that really basic folks don't need to be aware of and even advanced folks don't need to be so lost in unless you are an aficionado of the madhab okay you really want to get into the nitty gritty and it's good that people do that me I'm not interested in the slightest I'm not interested in, I'm not even interested in the humbly school per se as such, I celebrate their school. I celebrate the work of scholars that come after that develop and build and that sometimes go back and establish and protect. For me, my life goal is to protect orthodoxy, not the methods. My, my war, open war, is against the liberal secular classes that have used modernity as a uh, and created philosophy out of modernity. And that, that philosophy 
is that uh, we are king. The aql is king. And the aql is what determines not what text and tradition and, and so on. That's the real war, not this other one. So anyway, from the famous, famous points is this issue, Rabbi Rabbi And what I want to um, uh, bring to you is the Prophet narrated uh, on the authority of uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu an. Uh, he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to say between the two sajdas, yani in every single raka'ah, Allahumma ghafirli, warhamni, wajburni, wahdini, warzuqni. This hadith has been narrated by Imam Tirmidhi, hadith number 284, and it is considered to be sahih. There are a number of versions of this hadith. In each version, there is an increase and a decrease of words. So wa'afini is a very popular one as well. We have another narration which has been collected by Imam Tirmidhi. Um, by, uh, uh, we have a, 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 another version which has been connected by Abu Dawood, for example. Hadith number 850. In which the Prophet ﷺ said, Allahumma ghafirli warhamni wajburni wahdini warzuqni wa'afini warfa'ni. Warfa'ni is in there as well. My, my little studies, little studies, lead me to believe that out of all of the wordings that have been used, Warfa'ni is the weakest addition. Therefore, my own personal dua between the sajda is Allahumma ghafirli warhamni wa'afini wajburni warzuqni. Okay? This is, yani, my own version. And I restrict my words to this. Um, but we'll come, to, we, 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 you know, we'll come to this in a second. We, we'll develop this in, in a second. And all of the ahadith that are on this matter, they 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 kind of uh, they change the order slightly each time. Each time the order changes slightly, a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. Now, we have separate hadith which is narrated by um, uh, by Hudayfa radiallahu an. Hudayfa, he said that the Prophet sallallahu used to say between the salah, Rabbi ghfirli, Rabbi ghfirli. This hadith has been narrated by Imam al Nasai. Hadith number 1145, and it is Sahih. This is the smallest one. Now, you can imagine, now, when you have hadith like this, you've got a mixture of hadith of what the Prophet used to say between the two sajda. And just in case you're not understanding what I mean, I mean, you, you're in sajda, subhanahu rabbi ala, subhanahu rabbi ala, subhanahu rabbi ala, Allahu Akbar, rabbi aghfirli, rabbi aghfirli, Allahu Akbar, subhanahu rabbi ala. This is the position Al-Jalsa Bayna Sajdatayn, the seated position between Sajda. This is obviously obligatory prayer, Sunnah prayer, every prayer, okay? We have a variety of hadith which are starting with Rabbi Ghfirli, Rabbi Ghfirli as a bare minimum, and a number of narrations affirming that, nearly all authentic. And then other versions that don't have Rabbi Ghfirli, but Allahumma Ghfirli, but part of longer versions, three and four, and then five, and then six, and then four, all different wordings, all different orders. Okay? Quite a lot of variety. And so you then have an approach to how you're going to deal with it. The vast majority of scholars, so that means the Hanafi school, Maliki school, Shafi'i school, a number of the Ahl Hadith, the reformers outside of it, blah, 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 whatever. And fascinatingly, very strong narrations from Imam Ahmed himself. From Imam Ahmed himself. And I'll go further. 
an acceptable position in the school as well, but seen as a minority, seen as an offshoot, okay? Consider any dhikr or dua to be said between the two sajda to be a sunnah only, meaning it is recommended, meaning not an obligation, okay? So, warfa'ani, by the way, is authentic according to a number of scholars, Juwariya. Don't at any moment uh, uh, remove it from your uh, dua. All right, a number of muhaddithin have authenticated the addition of warfani. I'm saying that just my own personal take on this is that warfani is not as strong as the other wordings. But but believe me, I'm much more comfortable with people adding it than not adding it, if that makes sense. Because I found less scholars on my side critiquing that word than uh than you know supporting it. So that's important. But listen, just hold that for a second. We'll come to what we say in a second. Let's just think about the principles. Okay. So we have these hadith, and the vast majority of the scholars, they all saw these hadith in what with one lens. They basically said it's clear that you know the uh, uh for us that the variety that the amount that basically is 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 there and the, the, the flexibility is indicating this is a sunnah, and that the vari the variety is a proof of it, just like Lack of variety is a proof of not being sunnah. Like the Fatiha. You don't get versions of the Fatiha. It's the Fatiha and that's it. The Takbiratul Ihram, Allahu Akbar. It is, you know, it, you don't get versions of that. So, so when you see that rigidity in terms of its form, you get a rigidity of ruling as well. That's not a definitive proof, but this is what helps create a case. Right. Now, we can see that with such a relaxed number of du'as and all the companions narrating various ones that they've heard and seen and whatever, whatnot, that's flexibility. That's the definition of flexibility, right? Um, and that's how all the scholars saw it. And to be honest, it's upon the others really to try and prove uh, the difference. I'm going to do some book work, okay? When I say book work, uh, 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 meaning we're going to see what Sheikh Uthameen says, and then I'm going to discuss my own personal take on it, which is basically answering the questions about order and hadith and so on and so forth. So, Sheikh says, the su'al al-maghfirah, to uh, seek maghfirah at least once, this is the sixth wajib from the wajibat al-salah. This is Sheikh Uthaymeen speaking now on behalf of the Hanbali school. Su'al al-musalli maghfirah maratan marra, and the, uh, the, the, the Sheikh says, is that obviously this is between the sajdatain, between the two prostrations. He says, let's remind ourselves what maghfirah is. What is it that we're actually asking for? We're asking for... The, uh, the, uh, 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 maghfirah, okay, is sitru them wa tajawuz anhum. Okay? It is the covering of the sin, the covering, the hiding, and then forgetting about it as well. Yani, uh, pardoning, pardoning it. Yani, as if it doesn't exist. So there's one thing which is hiding it from people and hiding it from it being seen or even understood or being judged and then forgiving it. Two stages. And the Sheikh says that that's taken from the mighfar. Mighfar is the helmet which protects the head and everything underneath it is hidden. So that's Yani, you know, uh, uh, kind of its linguistic kind of connection. So it hides things underneath it. So um, the mighfar not only hides but it gives protection so that's why making istighfar 
when you seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what you're actually doing is to asking Allah to hide your sin and to protect you from its impact, right? To protect you from its consequences of that sin, which is like an arrow coming to hit you, right? Same way that you'd have the, the helmet on your head to to do that. Um, and what the Sheikh says is that you got it's important to remember that forgiveness is not just hiding the sin. Right? And it's not just so there's two stages. It's not just the hiding of the sin, and it's not just the forgiving of the sin or the afu or the pardoning of the sin. Okay? It's it's a satirm al afu. That's why the Sheikh Uthameen says that's why when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hadith, which is hadith Qudsi, narrated by Imam al Bukhari, uh, hadith number 42441, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say on the day of judgment, on the on the Yom al Qiyamah, uh, when the, the, the slave admits to his sins. And he's standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says that I hid it for you. Uh, I hid it for you in the dunya. And today I will forgive you for it. So there's a hiding and a forgiving, a pardoning. And that's what maghfirah is. Which is, yani, and it's the greatest thing that a person can ever do. Istighfar. You know, a lot of people, they think that istighfar is something you do when you're guilty. Habibi, istighfar is what you do when you want power. Istighfar is what you do when you want risk. Istighfar is what you do when you want rain. Istighfar is what you do when you want children. Istighfar is what you want to do when you want mercy. When you want more, you make istighfar. Istighfar strengthens you because it makes you appreciate who you really are, your weaknesses, your dependency upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your mistakes in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it allows you to appreciate just how much you are in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy because he's hiding so much for you all the time. Not just hiding from other people. Don't think it's just about yani, a PR campaign. It's not. When it comes to sin, it's not about PR. It's about you being affected by the action as well. You see, because not everybody makes istighfar. I want you to think about this, okay? To do istighfar, you have to have tawfiq. You have to have a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The vast majority of people, they don't make it at all. The vast majority of people in this on this planet do not make istighfar for their sins. They don't even recognize it as a sin, which is the next level of, 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 of misguidance. And then they take it to the worst of misguidance. They celebrate their sin. And they expose people to people their own sin. And they're proud of it. And that's what the Prophet ﷺ condemned more than any other action. Those people who make this jahar with their sin. So I want you to appreciate that um, the people who make istighfar are great, People. Self-awareness, as Salam says, is the greatest of blessings. For a person to seek um, forgiveness, wallahi, it's such a blessing. And I think everybody, I think everybody feels that. I think everybody realizes that. You know, if you see, for example, I, I, I'll give you an example. If you're, especially in the age of, of, of social media, if you see, um, you know, like a big celebrity or a big something, I don't know. Uh, who is meant to be Muslim, right? Um, but they don't practice at all, and maybe they only have a Muslim name or whatever. If you see any sign of regret, or they make a statement, or write a tweet, or Instagram, or whatever it's called, yeah, uh, 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 you know, expressing some kind of um, regret or sadness or 
or yani, uh, asking for forgiveness, you know, it's a real iman booster. It really is because you make you realize that this person still has something left. There's still something inside that they know, that they are aware, that it, the, the heart is still alive, right? The heart is dead of the person who doesn't react. When you become desensitized to sin, and that's the whole point of the why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran focuses so much upon the heart being sealed, and the heart is sealed in different levels at different stages, all right? There are different words to use according to different films and seals which are applied to the heart, each one more blocking and more permanent than the previous one. If you look at many aspects of the deen, whether it's uh, good deeds and actions and so on about yani, the health of the heart being so essential at the part, amongst that, or for example, you know, random things like going Jumu'ah and the Prophet ﷺ saying that the one that yani, you know, leaves three intentionally in a row, their heart is sealed. These are all points, yani, being, uh, um, these are all indicating that that the the just the essence of the need for istighfar is a huge blessing. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَدْ عَلَيْكَ فِي الدُّنْيَا That I hid the, the, that sin for you in the dunya, okay? I hid that sin for the, in, from you for in, in the dunya. You be thinking, oh, jazakallah khair, yani, thank you so much, ya Allah. You don't say jazakallah khair, but you say thank you, ya Allah, that you did that because my bestie wasn't done. So-and-so didn't find out or whatever. That's not the actual blessing, okay? It's a blessing, but it's not the blessing. The blessing is that you actually were protected from the worst possible outcome. The worst possible outcome of the sin is that you disregard it and carry on sinning. But the fact that you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to seek forgiveness, let alone the bonus of the pause in the sin, maybe you even stop the sin, or maybe you cry over that sin and then return to it. All of this is better than just carrying on sinning. And all of that is better than carrying on sinning and then not recognizing it and then celebrating it. So please appreciate what's, how blessed it is to, do, to have your sin hidden, consequences hidden, the setup. And then for Allah then, that's stage one. And then for Allah then to forgive it. Now, what does that mean? You owe Allah now. He gave you everything and he said, this is its cost. You did not pay the price. Therefore, you owe him a debt. However way you look at it, whether the payment of the debt is with the currency or whether you have to work for it, which is otherwise known as being punished, you are either have the ability to pay it off. So you've done enough good deeds to pay off your debt. And if you haven't and you won't, then it's his right to put you to work. And using that restaurant example, you don't, you can't pay the bill, then it's washing the dishes. And washing dishes in a restaurant is not a job, it's a punishment. So punishment and on the final day will be the fire. So if you're not able to pay it off, then you have a debt to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you have nothing to offer him and you are empty, then you're going to be punished. And that's what will happen to a number of people. Most of them will be the high-level munafiqeen and the kuffar. As for the believers who made istighfar, even though they did the sin, even though they owe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a debt, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives them that debt. That's got nothing to do now with the satr, the tawfiq, the blessing, your consequences, your guy. That's yani, all your benefit. Here now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala waived his right. That's a beautiful thing as well, subhanAllah. So we need to understand that, that you know, we ask for, we would say, yasatir. You know, the Arabs will be saying this more than the Pax, but you know, yasatir. Oh, the one who hides everything, yani, help us, ya Allah, yani, you know, 
hide this or Allah mustur ya Rabb. Protect us, Ya Allah. Yani, you know, get this away from us. It's different from saying Allahumma ghfirli. Uh, when we say Allahumma aafini, Ya Rabb, we ask Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. What we're actually saying is Allah forgive the actual sin. That's the specific second part. Satar is the uh, the first part. Maghfirah is all of it combined. It's the most beautiful concept. So I want you to know that it's going to be an essential part of any act. Yani, uh, it's the essential part of our day, as people are uh, posting, right? Let alone, yani the uh, the uh, let alone how essential it is as a part of the salah, which is that great moment between you and Allah in direct sense. So, of course, you expect it to be an essential part of the prayer, and that is kind of in line with some of the thinking. Uh, uh, you know, that is part of some of the thinking when we are seeing scholars that obligate it in the prayer as well. So, meaning, it's never just one evidence. By the way. I mean, we'll let we'll let the sheikh speak in a second. But the the um, some of the arguments are going to be that the Prophet said this du'a at a time where it's all obligation, so it's got to be on obligation. Now, by the way, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. The logic behind that is just weird. And I read that from Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti. He said that the sajda is a rukan. What is said in the sajda from dhikr is an obligation. This is then to come sit back up again is a rukan. And then to be there, you know, a, a pillar of the prayer. Whatever's going to be there is going to be of obligatory value. And as the Prophet ﷺ never stops saying it, then it becomes an obligation as well. So it's like a kind of, you know, uh, uh, they're arguing from a logic point of view, not from a, a specific evidence point of view. Now, when you have an argument like that, you need supplementary arguments to try and develop your cause. And I tell you, the idea that the prayer is dependent upon maghfira is as good as any. Because it's part of our life, right? So anyway, that was a bit of a thingy, but you know, Sheikh sometimes does that. We we bless, we ask Allah to bless him for that. And he, sometimes he will go into a, a reminder that's needed amongst the dryness of the fiqh. Um, and so that's uh, and something which that's something which I think we should uh, remember. So just to finish this, and then I will come to your questions on uh, uh, on this. The Sheikh says that. What he then says is that he doesn't, he then tells us that this is to be, uh, the, the author at this moment in time doesn't actually specify how to actually say it, right? He says, but we know, because and that's why it's a logical progression, we know that when we covered the prayer, the description of the prayer, you know, last year, and you'll find that in the notes, okay, you'll see that, um, you'll see that it actually says, uh, that you say So he's actually specified it uh, It's actually on page 130 Of volume 3 Where he told us that the form Of asking for forgiveness Is in Meaning my lord forgive me My lord forgive me Very personal and so on um, But Sheikh says If therefore a person said Allahumma ghfirli Allahumma ghfirli, this would not be sufficient according to this position of the Hanbali school, which is obligating the wording Rabbi ghfirli, according to them. La Okay, that's based upon that, yani, uh, 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 that, that interpretation. However, Sheikh says, Lakin, yumkin an yuqal. Um, I don't think that they will make a big issue of it, and we don't need to yani, make it so uh, specific because 
there's supporting evidence yani, that would indicate that. So, Sheikh uh, says, um, Sheikh then says, Okay, so if a person did actually say, uh, this would be sufficient. And this is the correct position, according to Sheikh Uthameen. But he says, However, the Hanbali school, and he gives, you know, from the highest of authorities for this position, Al-Muntaha, okay? And he says that that's volume uh, one, uh, page number 207. He says, Okay? But according to this particular position in the school, which is the, the official position, I don't want to take it away from that. If you said Allahumma ghafirli, you have not fulfilled what the Hanbali school wants. They are insisting it must be Rabbi ghafirli, Rabbi ghafirli. Um, Now, what's interesting to me is that Sheikh kind of, he here he didn't really, in other places he's gone into a bit more, but he didn't really develop this. I want to say to you that we will not accept this as our class position. Our class position is the position of Imam Ahmed, which I consider to be uh, correct, and the position of Ibn Qudama, which I believe is what he held. Um, and that's why I studied Yani when I was younger. Okay. Um, but that's not the reason I hold it. I hold it because it's the position of the majority. And that is that all of these var varieties that we have, okay, all of these versions, thank you, Mesa, for the reference. Those folks who want to see the English notes, you can see that in year seven uh, notes, um, that the uh, idea behind it, okay, is that these are in variety forms that indicate a sunnah that just the fact that the Prophet did not miss it is not in of itself an obligation, even though we don't know that he never missed it, by the way. We don't know. The only know that the only time that we know that definitively is if the Prophet specifically says, uh, you know, don't say uh, don't leave this or you must do this, but we don't, right. All we have is the companion saying the Prophet used to say. The Prophet used to say. We don't have a text coming from him which specifies it. So this also helps the majority as well. So I just want to say that we're going to go with the majority. This is not an obligation according to the class position, but it is an obligation in a Hanbali school. Now let's go through some other questions and uh, try to um, you know develop this, folks. Yeah. So. Where are we? Let's have a look. All right. Um, and yeah, the issue of positions of Imam Ahmed and what it is and who narrates from him and the riwayah and the su'al and the madri'ish, whatever. And it's a science in itself. PhDs and books have been written on this for those who are, yani, you know, uh, really into it. I'm not into it. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Couldn't it be argued, always asks, that and maybe some Hanbali scholars did, that there are very little, if any, that the Prophet ﷺ didn't recite dua, jalsabayna sajdatayn. Yeah, it can be. It can be. But like I just said, that in itself would not be enough to indicate an obligation. We'd need something more than that. Okay? We'd need something more than that. So, um, like I'll give you an example. Um, how did they, how was it understood? How was it understood if Rabbi Ghafirli, Rabbi Ghafirli is narrated, but and then in other hadith, Allahumma Ghafirli warhamni wa'afini wajburni warzukni warfa'ni is narrated. So what happened yani, to what only obligating Allahumma Rabbi Ghafirli, Rabbi Ghafirli? Or for example, if the Prophet has not been heard, and I don't know of a narration in which the Prophet only said, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim once. 
right? I don't know of that. Um, what's always narrated is that he did it multiple times and that witter was an odd number is the, the, the one which is narrated. Why are we not obligating the one that we've always heard? Why do we minimize it to one? Because of the direct, the, because of the direct evidence where the Prophet ﷺ said that make this in your sajda and make this in your ruku' like we covered last week, which doesn't indicate number, which would indicate that one is a minimum. So no, you do require more than just constant ha habit to indicate obligation. Now, by the way, that's not a consensus on that principle. There are some scholars, especially when it comes to the, 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 the Ahl Hadith, that or the, or the more literalist kind of folks, that the Zahiriya, for them, any narration that shows any kind of regularity, if for them, that will be, yani, you know, a very, very important obligation, if not ruken or whatever. And so it's not surprising to see that you find a lot less sunnas in the prayer with the people like Ahl Hadith and so on, where, and for more obligations, whereas with the people of fiqh, you or the Ahl Fiqh, Ahl Rai, you find more obligations and uh, less obligations and more sunnah, more nuance, basically. More nuance. Like, I remember back in the day, and you know, some of my Salafi teachers, they would be like, listen, anything that the Prophet does, it's obligatory because pray like you see me pray. And this indicates or order, therefore, everything that he does is therefore to be obligated upon you in the prayer. My goodness. Now, 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 let's just pause there. That's a very good argument, by the way, right? Because that's what he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Pray like you see me pray. So it doesn't matter whether he does once, once or doesn't or misses it out or not or whatever. You're going to have to do it because he said, pray as you see me pray. So when you build your house of fiqh upon this principle, then of course you're going to make majority of things obligatory, right? Um, if you understand this hadith in a different way, though, Prayers you see me pray, which means what I, which means basically, prayers you see me pray, brackets, i.e. what I indicate to be a pillar, then make it a pillar. And what I indicate to be an obligation, then it be an obligation. What I indicate to be optional, then keep it optional. That's how the vast majority of the Ahl fiqh are going to take that hadith. So it's important to understand yani, the basis and uh, or, or, or the underlying principles. And there will always, there will always be valid ishtihad here. There's no doubt about that. All right. We're okay with that. We're not rejecting and saying this is haram to believe this position, but it is a minority position. It's a, I'd even argue it's a minority within the school itself, even though it did a great PR job and it became the official face of the Hanbali school. And well done to them for that, right? What's the correct way of saying the full thing? Do we say, Rabbi Aghfirli two, three times? I will, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that in, in, in a second. Um, let's just go through the questions first and so I can close on that, okay? Um, Shams is saying, uh, should we say a hundred times in the morning and a hundred times in the evening? Is that sufficient? There is never a minimum and there's no maximum for istighfar. Istighfar, Jawariya asks, is it, is it something in the heart or is it something verbalized? Istighfar in the heart is something which is completely acceptable, completely fine. And sometimes the istighfar in the heart is stronger than the fake one that you say on your tongue. However, when it comes to something like an act of worship, a ritual act of worship, then you've got to fulfill terms and conditions, right? So in salah, if the obligation is the statement, then you have to then say it. But conceptually, istighfar is something which continues with a person all the time, internally, thinking, saying. As for the hadith around the Prophet, the Kani Astaghfirullah, the Prophet used to seek forgiveness 70 times, more than 70 times, 100 times. There are a number of hadith that describe these three particular and then others as well. And that is actually 
said on the tongue. And that saying on the tongue is just a, that affirmation, that stronger form brings it, brings it, brings it home. Uh, sets out a warning to yourself. It's like a censor to yourself. It's that it's the sensitization of yourself. It's like almost putting on a force field. So saying it is very important. Uh, that hadith of a hundred times does not mean a hundred in the morning, hundred. It means a hundred across the day. But I don't want people to focus on a number. The whole point of these hadith is to indicate that it's meant to be done thousands of times, millions of times, tens of times. The more that you are aware and protecting yourself, that's the aim of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's hadith on istighfar. That's a 100% guarantee for me, by the way. Never, ever will istighfar be about the numbers. Never. Okay? Um... Uh, yeah, dad has just put the Arabic for some of the hadith. Harris says, uh, When you spoke about the debt, if Allah not only hides the sin but then forgives you, I assume the debt isn't then just payable. Well, the debt is payable, it's Allah's mercy that allows, allows you to get off it being payable, but it is payable. Yeah, payable is to uh, is, is punishment. And by the way, there are people. And subhanAllah, it's an awesome question, actually, if you think about it. There were some companions who, who took exactly what you just said. They said, you know what? I've got to pay this debt. So what did they do? Huh? You know what they did, right? Or he did. I forgot his name as well. He said, Ya Allah, bring this, the, the debt that I owe. Bring it to me yani now. Basically, punish me for it now. He thought that that's the way that you're going to have to deal with it. Right? And it destroyed him. And the Prophet ﷺ said, that's not how you pay back your debt. He didn't say that, but that's effectively what he's saying. He goes, rather you should say, Allahumma afini. Oh Allah, forgive me my debt. Yani, write it off. Not, yani, okay, let me pay it. You hear what I'm saying? So the Prophet ﷺ is actually telling us how to get that debt paid in the right way. Because the other way you can't handle. And we shouldn't be you know, trying to deal with it. Okay. Couldn't it be argued that the Prophet didn't recite any du'a of istighfar? No, no, I think I answered that. The lack of doing an action isn't proof of it not being done. Correct? How can one claim it is sunnah just due to the variety and the lack of the Prophet specifically saying this is wajib? I feel Sheikh Mukhtar's reasoning is strong in that it was mentioned in a narration in which arkan and wajibat was mentioned. By the way, I don't think that Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar uh, Shankiti himself yeah, and he holds this position as strongly as some people may feel. Uh, let me just make that, that, that clear. But let's just assume that he does. Um, that logic does have a position, right? Every position of a salah has a dhikr in it, right? Is your, argue, is your argument. So how can this position, position not have any dhikr in it? Every position of the salah does not have an obligatory form of dhikr. So it's about, for example, like I'll give you an example. Um, the qiyam. Are you going to keep the qiyam, right? I, I, I hope that everyone's understanding Rehan's question. It's a very good one, right? Um, if you look at the prayer, first of all, who said that you've got to divide it into positions? Let me just make that clear, right? It's only scholars, right? It's not from the Prophet Wasallam. We don't have a classification system in which the Prophet ﷺ said stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. You get my point. Why am I making this point? I'm saying I could argue that 
the Prophet ﷺ, when he starts the prayer, Allahu Akbar, you're going to say he's entered into Qiyam. I'm going to say, no, he's, he's entered into the opening of the prayer. I'm going to say that Qiyam starts with the Fatiha. You couldn't logically argue against that. Okay? If you said that, what's your evidence? I'll say, why do we need to have an evidence? I ha we have a statement of the Prophet ﷺ nearly every single time. In fact, obviously, scholarly difference. The companions differed over it. Okay? That he would say, Subhanakallahumma bihamdika wa tabarak asmuka or Allahumma ba'id bainu bayna khatayaya. Yani these du'as are being said. So that's a position and a du'a is being made. Why are we not saying that's his own position? Well, the scholars will say, no, it's a qiyam. That's the full position right there. And the fatiha is fulfilling that. So that is the obligatory dhikr of that position. Okay? I'll say that, no, that's a position in of itself. That is its own position. And the, 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 the dhikr in it is not obligatory either. My point is, is that even though that's not exactly the strongest of arguments, the reverse argument is also not a priori, a argument that every position must have an obligatory dhikr in it per se, per se. Because at what point do we start yani, creating positions and what is a position was not, not a position? Rather, we should stick to the much safer, much obvious one, which is that there should be some indication of its obligation. And that's why the vast majority, I repeat, the vast majority got it right. And it's no surprise. And this is the same amongst the companions as well. This khilaf is amongst the companions. A number of companions never, ever dreamed of obligating this form of dhikr. Now, if someone said to me, the concept of istighfar should be obligated, I'd feel a lot more comfortable doing that. But even that I'm not going to accept, and neither did the majority. So I just want to say to you that... Uh, there we go. Oasis said something interesting. The whole salah is a dhikr. But you know, what Rayhan is basically saying is that uh, is the uh, verbal dhikr, that every uh, af'al or the af'al always have adhkar. Right? Uh, look, exactly. Actually, what I'm just saying has been said by Sumaira. Are we concluding that the, are we concluding that the seeking of some form of forgiveness is still a wajib, but the wording can be your choice, or that the seeking of forgiveness is not a wajib, but a sunnah? I mean, that's the perfect question. Right? And... I want to say to you that any prayer that doesn't have an istighfar in it in principle, okay, then it's uh, it's something which is, you know, it's something which is, um, has defeated the concept of the prayer. But to specify it in a specific place, in a specific way, and obligate it, no. And that's the position of the majority. The position of the majority is to keep it as a simple as, as, a, as a concept that should be applied But am I going to obligate it? No I'm not going to obligate it Because I don't want to obligate something Which I do not see a specific evidence for Which is that you must say the word Astaghfirullah in the prayer at some point Sometime It's not there You can. Uh, uh, by the way, the reason why this is an academic point Is because you can um, You can do ta'wil And see certain uh, Azkar already Okay, from the tashahud, from the ihdina sirat al-mustaqim, or ghayr al-maghdubi alayhim wa al-dhalin, as a form of istighfar, as well. So the concept is there anyway in the prayer. Like I said, it's impossible to believe. But in wording, this is the position of the majority is that there is no wording specified obligating istighfar. Okay? Naeem has said, the Hanbali Madhab's second opinion is, if somebody says, Allahumma ghafirli, then no problem. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a nice uh, addition. So as I said at the beginning, 
uh, that in the Hanbali school, you will have so many, you not will, you actually, on this issue, I know. By the way, I don't take any interest in these narrations because they blow my mind. Narration is position, that narration, whatever. But this one, I did look into, right? Or classically, I've looked into because it's the big famous one. There's only a few of these in which there's a real big politics around. And you've got, he didn't say it, he did say it, he said it before, but it's abrogated, it was his last position. That's just for Imam Ahmed. Then for the school itself, you must say it, you must say it twice, you must say it once, you must say it once exactly. You are allowed to say Allah Wafrli, just as we've seen the second position here, etc., 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 etc. But uh, I'm glad Naim's here because he can uh, add the uh, the official kind of positions of the Hanbali school. Um, could you repeat what was what was mentioned was the position of Ibn Qudama, please? And if different from Imam Hajjaw's position. Wallah, as far as I know, Sumira, then Ibn Qudama's position is the position of Imam Ahmed. And obviously, I'm biased. I consider Imam Ahmed's position to be that it is sunnah, it's mustahab, meaning it's recommended, not obligatory. And Ibn Qudama is upon that opinion. I have not checked that. Okay? But that's always what I believe for the last maybe 15, 20 years, which is when I last time that I studied the Hanbali school formally. Okay? Naeem, please, if you can add, if you have anything or any knowledge about that, then please indicate that what Ibn Qudama's position is. I don't want to just Google it. That's just lazy. Okay. Um, so, hmm. well, you see, Rehan, yeah, you're saying that I'm just looking for an academic side of things. That's the, the humble school's problem. Okay. That's the Hanbali school's problem. The academic side is missing on their side. The majority of scholars have can't see the evidence like as the evidences which establish uh, every other thing and every other part of the prayer that leads to you know clear differences, whatever, whatnot. Here they went against the grain. Don't get me wrong. They developed their school. They developed, as you said, you can see the strength of the argument. They're saying that this is a separate position. It's surrounded by arkan, arkan. It's its own position itself. You've said it's a rukan in itself. There's got to be a dhikr in it. First of all, the idea that there's got to be a dhikr in it itself is up for debate. Let me just make that clear. Just because the rest of the prayer has that kind of reality doesn't mean that this has to have that reality. Okay. Um, and what's the difference between a position which, uh, what if I say there are positions themselves which are new that are not uh, obligatory? Are you trying to say to me, and you're, if you say yes, then you're, you're creating a whole new principle, okay? Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, uh, 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 just as I'm continuing as a student, okay? If we, if we continue down this line that every position has to have a dhikr, are you meaning, first, I've already opened up the idea that what's a position? Who defines what a position is? What's the threshold for when a position starts and ends? Then I'll throw another curveball in. I'll say, what if that position is not an obligatory position in the prayer? Or are you going to say that, no, those positions have something different? If a person sits or does a position in the prayer that's not from its obligatory positions, are you saying that they're obligated within that non-obligatory position to say a dhikr? Meaning these are all human constructs. That's what happens when you go... When you, uh, when you don't have the strength of a clear evidence with you, you're free of that kind of headache. Bro, I know, man. You know, it's like anything. Once you get yourself into a pickle, you're, then, you're, you're just struggling. You're going to have to believe it, and you're going to go with it. And it might be legally valid, but it's not very great. You're not going to show it off, are you? And this isn't the humbly's greatest moment of glory, put it that way, right? 
I don't even think Humbly would even admit that. But, you know, the example is uh, obvious, like um, the Jalsa uh, Al-Istiraha, right? name, all done. Alhamdulillah that the, the old box is still working. 20 years now. I've got to say touch wood, but I don't want takfir being made. So, um, the, <laughs> so uh, the, the sitting of rest is something which some scholars, all, all scholars allow if there's a reason. And some scholars even consider it to be a sunnah. Okay, what are you meant to say when you're in that position? It's a definite different position, isn't it? I just want you not to get too caught up on the idea of positions and not positions and all the rest of it. Okay, and I don't want to lose all the new students as well who are thinking, what on earth is going on? They're probably thinking, goodness gracious me. So, um, where, where are we now? Where are we now? Uh, yeah, let's just summarize this. The class position. Absolutely. But you know what that is, Solange? That's me. That's my statement. I, I, I have not read that from some other scholar or anything like that. Okay. But... Um, that was my own take as what I teach in Fiqh Salah, that I believe that azkar are your best friend in perfecting your prayer. Not just because of what it brings, but in terms of it forces you to slow down. And if, and some scholars could, right, for example, say, we're going to obligate. Like imagine what would happen to the Hanafis if we obligated as a basic, uh, as a basic minimum. What about if we gave them Allah Because you know Hanafis are all about Right? I mean not practicing Hanafis proper Practicing Muslim I mean the majority of Hanafis Right? Like it's like they, they, You know they can't straighten their back Yeah they're You know Well it's in the Hanafi school It's the Pakis yani, Who are the ones who are doing it But it comes from the Hanafi principle That the actual straighten the back And settle down Is not from the account of the prayer Right? So therefore If you give them you give, you know, what happens is if you open the door, it's not even one of the Hanafis. This is the the irony, Waqas. Okay, it's actually the door has been opened by the scholars in the school, right? Once you allow a person to believe that it is not a rukan, which technically, by the way, isn't the worst argument in the world. Let me just make that clear. That you know, to come up from the sajda. And then to sit there and, you know, let everything relax and so on and so forth. If you don't make that a rukun, right? If you don't make that an essential part of the prayer, then over time, what do you expect people to do? You get what I'm saying, right? Now, if you've been brought up that this is as important as reciting Fatiha, you're never going to do that business. You get what I'm trying to say? Okay, you're never going to go... Like that. But if you are in that theory, then of course you're always gonna then go. Now, if uh if I if I if I if if you know if you've got a uh, obviously teachers, yeah, this is what everybody thinks ideal. That is people just being lazy. That's why I said practicing Muslims, right? The practicing Muslims amongst the Hanafi school, which is different than practicing Hanafis, okay, because the Hanafi school is allowed them the ruqsa. The practicing Muslims wouldn't dream of praying whatever madhab you follow, in this kind of manner, up, down, up, down, whatever, whatnot. Never dream. And the practicing Muslims, whatever madhab you belong to, is going to welcome adhkar to add to the prayer. They're going to welcome not just reciting the quls in the prayer. They'll want to learn the longer surahs. They'll want to 
make uh, you know more than three tasbih in the ruku'a. They'll want to stand up. Are there any du'as I can learn? I'm a Hanafi school. My Hanafi school does not obligate me to straighten my back in this position. But if there's a sunnah here that I can say, and I'm now making dua and I'm standing here and I'm praising Allah. I'll take that because that's what I want to do. So it's not about the, it's the practicing Muslims that want to embrace their prayer. Now, it's just unfortunate that the majority that we see, which is, of course, without shadow of a doubt, nobody can argue that, that the PACs are the biggest presentation of the people who don't, who do pray quickly, right? Of course, it's a, a, a Hanfi thing. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I didn't need any validation. But Zakalakhir Abdurrahman, because 100%, you go across the world, you'll see all of the people. In Syria, I, when I was in Syria, I saw the, 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 the Hanafis there. It starts with a concession. And then the humans take it to a whole haram level, right? So once the scholarly position is established, not with the intention of people doing it like that, right? But, you know, because they don't believe it, that you have to, you know, obligate in that way. Then, yeah. So, anyway, class position is this: is that it is a sunnah from the sunnah from the sunan of the prayer to make dua in the between the two sajda. It's not obligate. It's not obligatory, and whatever dua you make is acceptable in whatever order, and that means saying Rabbi Ghfirli, Rabbi Ghfirli. It's it's a it's a. Uh, uh, if a person said it twice, then he's fulfilling a specific hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu So that's something which is rewarded. But as the, the, the text says, that once is obligatory, which means this is in the humbly position, and three times is sunnah. Likewise, if a person did say, Rabbi ghfirli, Rabbi ghfirli, Rabbi ghfirli, three times, that's good. Said it two times, that's good as well. If he said, Allahumma ghfirli, once, twice, or three times, that's good. And if he was to use these hadith in their versions, okay, correct, sorry, Mesa, whatever dua I mean from these narrated versions. And the order, I don't say you make it up, although I have to tell you that in my heart, I'm comfortable with that. What do I mean by that? There is a principle that when a dua is narrated a number of times in not a set way, then there is a uh, uh, an indication that order is not obligatory. And in general, there is a general principle that the majority of scholars hold that dua itself is not actually so rigid and fixed. Okay? Uh, it is an absolute rukan that the, 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 the prayer has the, that you must straighten the back. I'm going to read that out now, actually, in a second. Yeah? So, um, order is flexible. Order is flexible. Um, and so, therefore, whether you said, Allahumma ghfirli wa'afini wa'jburni, Warfani, warzukni, wahdini. This will be permissible, okay? Because it's more focusing on the natural expression as it is, as opposed to the specific wording and order. That's not something you just make up willy-nilly. You look for an indication of that. The indication is there because it's a dua and a specific kind of. Uh, and I don't mean just normal dhikr. It's a dua. And two, the versions that have been narrated have indicated it. So the class position. Is it, uh, the, is it of the sunan of the prayer to make dua masnoon between the sajda? Or is it the sunan of the prayer to make dua masnoon for forgiveness between the sajda? It is the sunan, it is from the class position that it is sunnah to make a dua from that which is narrated. Okay? And sometimes that will have the words Allahumma ghfirli, sometimes it won't. 
whether the word Allahumma is used or not is not obligatory. You can use any of them. Okay? Nothing is specifically obligated. Nothing. Okay? Nothing is obligated. Isn't Tumatnina a wajib of the prayer even in the Hanafi uh, school? Um, kind of yes, kind of no. Yeah, I need debated over interpretation of what it actually is. Okay? All right, let's move on, folks. So Sheikh then says that this is to be done three times. Um, uh, again, humbly position, okay. And he said the hadith of Hudayfa. Normally, the dua of the Prophet needs to be three times. I'm going to tell you something else, by the way. This is from my own pocket. I personally prefer twice over three, and I always have. And that's because even though what Sheikh Uthameen has said is correct, which is that. Um, uh, 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 that you should do it three times because even though the hadith says twice, the Prophet ﷺ most of the times used to make dua three times. I am comfortable with the fact that the Prophet ﷺ said it twice and sticking to that. What I'm discussing, by the way, is not something big. I'm discussing maybe you know the the, the difference in reward of of maybe a minimal sense. I don't know. Yeah, any you know, uh, it's not something which is. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a major uh, issue. I don't think it is a major issue. Now, um, now, where are we now in terms of... Uh, okay, what is it that uh, someone said here? Could a person therefore add to and can a person say uh, so this is important, yeah, because these are well-established principles to seek forgiveness for yourself and for your parents. That's a basic principle in Sharia, in Islam, and therefore, why wouldn't you do it? However, I want you to know that um, there's no doubt that sticking to what is narrated is, be is better. There's no way that I can say it is haram to make dua in the prayer in a, in a part where it's open and relaxed, okay? And there are certain parts of the prayer that are relaxed. The sajda is the most relaxed of the prayer. What a person opens up and says what they want. So much so that, as you know, many scholars, even though I, I like to avoid it as much as possible, in the sunnah I don't mind it, they even allow you to make your dua in English and in Urdu as well. Okay? So the sajda is where you open your heart and you say what you want. And even, you know, as we said, even though the ayat, uh, Quran, is not meant to be recited in the sajda, but even if there are dua which are in the form of Ayat, I think there's some flexibility there as well. So that's where you would normally say it. There are not many positions of the prayer that you can make dua. There are probably, I don't know, off the, off the cuff, four positions. Yeah, and well, there's more than that, five, six, but yeah, only four in which we kind of like. Um... No, let's let, let's be let, let's be let's be technical and count them all. You got the beginning. Right, which is the uh, uh, the part of al istiftah, so that's a part of dua. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Right. The next one is then going to be in your ruku'. Next one is going to be then when you stand up after ruku'. Next one is going to be in your sajda. Next one is going to be when you're sitting in between the sajda, and the next one is going to be then after your uh, before your taslim. Yeah, in the tashahud before taslim. These are six places. 
And um, this is not, I'm not being, this is not based upon any evidence. This is from my pocket. If you look at these six places, you get a feel, a feel that some are kind of stricter than others. And some are more relaxed than others. Right? No doubt about it that the sajda out of the six categories of times for dua is the one which is most flexible. Go for it. Do anything. Let's have a chat. Come on. What would, what would we categorize? Like in an order, right? Let's have a let's have a poll, okay, folks. Let's do. Let's have some fun. Let's call them names. Let's say. Uh, let's call it opening. Subhanakallahumma. Ruku'. Uh, uh, call it standing. Sajda, sitting, taslim. Okay, that's what we're gonna call it. Okay, opening. Ruku, standing, sajda, sitting, sitting is between the two sajda, and taslim. That means before taslim. Okay? Opening ruku, standing, sajda, sitting, taslim. All right, that's chronological order. I want everybody, right? Let's do an exercise here, right? Put a poll on a channel. Now, you would do that channel thing afterwards, man. Who's, who's, who's got, who's, I can do a poll on a channel, man. That's going to be missions. You do that. Right, there's six two people already. There was only five people a minute ago. There's six two people. Before, before Taslim. So you know what? I want you from your own aql, from your own feeling, from your own uh, yani, you know, whatever, fitra, put it in order. Uh, don't put numbers, put it in order. So top is the most flexible, least flexible, last. Okay? All right? So opening record, standing, I want you to organize it. Most flexible is the first one, all right? So sajda, and then I want you to put the rest in order. Let's just read each other's thoughts, okay? It'll be interesting. Rashida, in the meantime, Rashida is saying, you're saying in the Fadr Salah, we can say any dua we want in sajda. I didn't actually say that, Rashida, okay? I was confused about that since I heard that thing. I actually said that in Fadr prayer, we shouldn't, Okay. And I even in the Sunnah prayer, I don't. But there are a number of scholars that allow it. And I reluctantly allow it in the Sunnah. And I'll even allow it in the Fard prayer for people who don't pray Sunnah. Because I'm not going to cut them off from the greatest gift that the prayer has, which is Dua in Sajda. I'm not going to cut them off. I don't have that, that amount of guts. But there's no doubt about it that a person should stick to the Arabic because you are really taking a risk going to the English. However, in Nafal prayer, night prayer, blah, 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 no problem. Knock yourself out. All right. So, so, I'm not going to say it's haram, you know, but, you know, I'm just saying, right, this is interesting, yeah, let's have some, let's see, see some, okay, so some people learn it the other way, uh, other way, I said, I want most flexible at the top, so sajda should be at the top, okay, there's no doubt about that, all right? Oh yes, this is awesome. I like it because we've got yani, some people who've got guts. So Taslim has got a high position. Nice. Okay. 
No, I said Adil before Taslim, after Tashahud. So let's go with Mesa. I like the fact that Mesa has gone out, yani all out. She's like, you know what? If I'm going to win this competition, I've got to win it by being yani, different to everybody else. So she's put Taslim first. <laughs> you sick guy. That's our Mesa, mate. That's our Mesa. So she's put Taslim first, which I think is a wicked shout. Sujood next. Controversial one where she's gone in with the sitting. Okay. She's put opening. I can't believe that she's put Ruku so far down. But then Rija's then the same. Is it Rija? Rija. I think it was Rija, yeah? Did we agree? Was it Rija? Something like that, wasn't it? It was Rija. So Rija's also put Ruku so far down. Now Haroon has gone somewhere where I'm at, which is Sajda, Taslim, Ruku'a. Then he's gone standing between sitting, opening. I'd probably move sitting up. Right, Sahar has gone with opening first. Oh, I don't know about that, bro. Hajar has gone Sajda, Taslim, sitting, opening, Ruku'a, standing. Yeah. Rahil's gone Sajda to Slim. You put Rukut so far down as well. Fatima's got Sajda to Slim open. And you got Rukut last. Sajda sitting. Sarah's got Sajda sitting. Rukut to Slim standing opening. Riaz has got to Slim. Sujood sitting. Standing, Ruku'a opening. Now what I'm looking at, Tahmid has got standing in the middle. Maryam's gone Sajda. Before Taslim. Standing, opening, Jalsa Ruku'a. A lot of folks... Alright, pause now because it's like so much now, right? Just wait. Baisha's gone... One second. Oh my God, there's so many. Guys, wait. Just wait. Okay, just wait now. Stop, stop. Stop! Right. <laughs> right, let's uh, just stop. <laughs> Person, woman. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. <laughs> Alani Kasim, that's maybe some of the funniest TV I've heard. I mean, obviously, Sarah Cooper's version is billion times better. You know what? Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on now. There's no way. There's no way that we are going to not, that we are not going to do. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> I just oh, I just put into Google. <laughs> I just put into Google Sarah Cooper per and it's a person woman man. Bro. One second. One second. Bro. I want 150. You want 150? Shut up, you. Duty test. And he said there actually is, and he named it, whatever it might be. And it was 30 or 35 questions. The first questions are very easy. The last questions are much more difficult. Uh, like a memory question. It's uh, like you'll go person, woman, man, 
camera TV. So they say, could you repeat that? So I said, yeah. So it's person, woman, man, camera TV. Okay, that's very good. If you get it in order, you get extra points. If you, okay, now he's asking you other questions, other questions, and then 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes later, they say, remember the first question? Not the first, but the 10th question. Give us that again. Can you do that again? And you go, person, woman, man, camera, TV. If you get it in order, you get extra points. They said, nobody gets it in order. It's actually not that easy, but for me, it was easy. And that's not an easy question. In other words, they ask it to you. They give you five names and you have to repeat them. And that's okay. If you repeat them out of order, it's okay. But, but you know, it's not as good. But then when you go back about 20, 25 minutes later and they say, go back to that question. They don't tell you this. <laughs> go back to that question and repeat them. Can you do it? And you go, person, woman, man, camera, TV. They say, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Allah Aladdin, this woman's a fitter, man. I'm telling you right now. Oh my god. Honestly. Honestly, that's haram, but still. Oh my god, that's just too much, man. Person, woman, camera, man, TV. Right, listen, folks. That video is the greatest ever. Right, listen. Um, where were we, man? Right, so no more commenting. All right, I need to now work this out. Okay, I need to summarize everything. Right, Javed said sujood to sleep sitting, record standing opening. Opening has been put last. Joeria said sajda record sitting, standing opening to sleep. Oh, that's a disappointing end. I'm not gonna lie, Joeria, disappointing. Rehan said, Sajda Taslim, put another Sajda in just for good measure, standing, Rukur, sitting, opening. All right. And Jeeva's saying, Sajda Taslim, Rukur, opening, sitting, standing. Right. Okay. Out of all of this, I've got my guy, Ghassan, there. Let's do his. Sajda sitting, Taslim, opening, Rukur, standing. All right, I'm going to say my personal yani take on all of this. No, no, we've got Ruhi. Oof. When Ruhi speaks, we listen. Sajda, Taslim, Rukua, standing before Sujood, between Sujood, opening. We proved the point, okay? We proved the point. The point is, yeah, flexible as in our own du'a, the feel what was the point the point is that there is no 100% guaranteed way how we understand what's you know, the right thing or not we've got small indications and then we go off that okay all of us are very comfortable now right in so so why why is this list important this theoretical list of flexibility it's important because when someone says the question, can I say, you look at your list in your head and think to yourself, you know, so it's, and you don't have someone to ask, but you want to make that dua in the prayer. Yeah. You'd say to yourself, you know what? 
That's the sajda kind of dua. Look at everybody. Everybody put sitting at least after fourth position. Right? When you look at it, sitting was either third or fourth. Third or fourth, fifth. You know, it didn't get high up. Okay? Now, if you're there sitting, you're thinking, if you're there now answering your own question, you're kind of thinking, yeah, it's too far down the list. You get what I'm saying? It's too far down the list. Now, There is no doubt. Now, Mesa, I know what her evidence was. She's got the strongest evidence for putting Taslim first. Because the Prophet ﷺ said to make dua for what you want. So that's a, very, that's a text. However, we also have a text where the Prophet ﷺ said you are closest to your Lord. Right? And by definition, then you ask and you praise. And so, so frankly, it's a toss-up between Sajda and Taslim. Before Taslim. These are your two big moments. These are your two moments that there's no doubt about it that you make dua in the prayer. They're the emotional moments. They're the private moments. They're the personal moments. They're the ones you really go in and go out and just say whatever you want. In the other uh, positions, you are all of you are feeling some kind of you know suffocation, some restriction, some I don't feel comfortable to be able to open up. And then what makes it even more restrictive is that you get quite a few very small, oft-repeated du'a that are being said there. So why did Ruku'a get pushed down, pushed down? Because we don't see lots of options for Ruku'a. Why did standing get pushed down? Because there's very little there. For me, for me, standing is last. Standing is last. Reason, very few, comparatively speaking, right? 100% Solange, 100%. That's why I said to you, Mesa is the one for me who won. Yani, that's good. a completely strong argument to put Taslim first. But when you think about it, it's a toss-up. It literally is. Yeah. Now, my evidence for standing being last Number one, very little narration of any other du'a other than two or three. That's the first thing. The bigger issue for me is that standing there making du'a for a long period of time would in of itself come across quite weird. This is not a position which you stand there, hands down, you know, what's happening? Is he praying, not praying? What's going on? That's the kind of guy that I would walk up to and shake his hand. You know what I'm trying to say? Because I would not. Because, you know, when you come to a person, you, is he praying or not praying? If the person's in there for three seconds, I'm not. Now, I don't think it's not a position of humility. But, you're making dua. All right? So, hands down. I Like I just said, I just don't, I'm not feeling it. There's dua there. I'm saying I'm putting it as most restrictive. An opening. Yani. But a person who's praying at their side, to their, their side, is them praying. That's in the Fatiha, Qiyam, reciting Surah. But if you've just seen a person, it's like, if you, uh, exactly, exactly, you, you're going to think there's a problem. 
Ghassan's score is spot on. Yani, I, 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 I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. If a person is standing, making du'a for five minutes, after you've seen him stand up from ruku'ah, you are 100% going up to that guy and saying, are you okay, bro? 100%. Whereas if a person's in du'a, in sajda, for 10 minutes, you're not going to say anything. 20 minutes, you're going to get worried and see he hasn't fainted or he hasn't, you know, something worse or anything like that. That's fitrah. Don't be arguing against the Ani people's fitrah, bro. I'm not saying this is Quran Sunnah evidences. I'm just saying this is what people, you lot are saying. I'm saying the same thing. Now, that's not the same as opening. I'd put opening higher up because um, lots of dua narrated compared to other positions. And it's moving into Qiyam. So I'd put opening actually quite high. I might even put my opening at maybe a three or four. I'd put the sitting position lowish, but higher than the, you know, maybe a five. Or a four. So ruku' standing and sitting are the ones which ruku' opening and sitting. Let me write it down, you fish. Sajda. You see, Salan said, surely it's got to be Taslim. And so did Mesa, because that's where the dua was mentioned. What if I say to you, bro, it's not about what you're told to do, it's about what you're feeling. Yes, bro. Allahu Akbar. Yes, bro. Right. Sajda. What did I say? Sajda Taslim. So I want to put opening, rukur, sitting, standing. Yeah. That is what I would be. That, that is what I would do. I would be thinking Sajda Taslim and it's a toss-up between them. Opening and Ruku and it's a toss-up between them. Sitting definitely less and standing definitely the one which is less or most restricted. Right? Now, where, what is the class and where have we gone? I don't even know what's going on. 134. Shazad, where are you, you fish? Right. Tangential question. When the Prophet ﷺ said you are closest to your Lord in sajda, is it the sajda when you are in prayer or just the action of prostrating even outside of the prayer? So the action itself but is, it is implied, but it is the prayer. It is the prayer. The hadith indicate that it is the prayer. Okay? So good question. One hour, 35 minutes. Now, stores, says AE. Exactly. Stores. I always said that's the best chocolate flavor stores. All right. Now. Uh, yeah. Now opening definitely. Rahil, tell me. Who is. Yeah. Before Fatiha. Yeah. Goodness me. So many dua narrated for that position. And actually, in fairness, by the way, LP students who have been here for a while, you got no excuse for not putting standing high. I spoke for like maybe one or two sessions about the importance of setting moods. Remember, we spoke about that. We said Yani mood and how important it is, how it set the set the scene, and you know the dua, etc., etc. But then, in fairness, you might argue, but you'll say, yeah, but that's with what was narrated, not with that which was not narrated. Now, I want to say to you, first of all, let me make it clear that yeah, yeah, Rahil, very good, very good, yeah, and I I, I do want you to know that this list was not just 
what is the list that has the most du'as that are narrated? Because sujood doesn't have any du'as, all right? However, I'm saying that we should stick to narrated du'as in their position. But if we are going to use personal du'a, let me make this a final position. My list is what it is. Sajda is the most flexible. Taslim is then next, then the opening, then ruku', then sitting and standing. That's my list of flexibility to least flexible with respect to du'a and elongation, elongating it, whether with other stuff or the narrated du'a. But if people are going to ask, I want to enter into prayer and really feel and really call to Allah and I want to make du'a from my heart, where am I going to do it? I'm going to say do it in sajda and taslim and avoid the rest. That's what I'm going to say. No doubt about that. If you're going to go off the record, if you're going to go off the script, go off the script in sajda, and I'm even going to say, go into your own English and your Urdu and so on. Right? Correct. It is not a sunnah to recite more than one opening dua. Correct, Ruhi. So we would not spend as much time elongating it. That is true. But it has the flexibility the permissibility and the options to do some 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 damage yani, in you know in that uh, opening you can really get through some big heavy ones you know what i'm saying right listen all right i mean you know we covered that there's me saying that we're going to cover the obligations damage man damage is a positive phrase bro okay i know solange is like yani you know doesn't play sport whatsoever or anything Damage meaning and you get work done. Right. Um, Rukaya, the class is actually meant to be one hour and probably, I think one hour, I think, with half an hour for questions and chit-chat and so on and so forth. So we've gone way over. All right. So we're going to close it now. We've answered all the questions as well. So nobody can complain about that. Yani, um, so most flexible position for dua, therefore, sitting, ruku, standing and opening our all last. Yeah. Okay. There are some long du'as narrated for the opening, so you can spend a... Yeah, absolutely. Correct, Mesa. Absolutely. Yeah. Always more than an hour. Zaf, don't... Zaf, you know what? You're a disgrace. You know why you're a disgrace, yeah? You had a job to do today, but I gave it to Mesa, who fulfilled it. Yani, rahman Just because you, yeah, lazy pack, right? Lazy pack, can't, Yani, find a time... Plenty of time for tennis, this, that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But not yet to do that. Then you want to question how long the, le- 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 long the lesson is. Unbelievable, Zaf. Unbelievable. Good question, Umm Ruqayya. I'll give you a good question, Umm Ruqayya. Exactly right now, the chocolates would be thingy. People would be rewarded for sitting here for an hour and a half. It's even better. Now you can just get the chocolates out. Sunnah, there's the chocolates, right? What have I got in my bag of goodies? There you go. Harry Bowles there for you. There you go. In front. Van de Beek, we didn't need him. We didn't need him. We didn't need him. I'm not happy about it. This is basically them saying up yours to uh, Borussia Dortmund. We don't, yeah, we're not going to go for your, you're playing a dangerous game. Someone else is going to take Jordan San, uh, Sancho and we're going to lose everything now. <laughs> Denzel's back, man. Denzel is back. There you go. There you go, Sunna. There you go. Bismillah. I'll eat it for you. Harlow Nasty. Abdul Khan, you're a disgrace to your name. All right, folks. Class this weekend. Manchester. Jiva, do the honors. Um, yes, Zach, believe me. 
Thank you, Tahmid. Sweden stepping up there, mashallah. Um, mana is so good. I didn't realize the teeth was so nice. All right. All right. Anything else? Yeah. This week, Manchester class. Week after, mad classes. Last breath. That's the problem with Haribos. Once they go in, after have to chew for ages. Who doesn't miss Ajmal, man? Who doesn't miss Ajmal? Oh, Ajmal. We are a rock here, Ajmal. All right. Yeah. Telegram channel, everybody. Join the Telegram channel. And we're going to try to create some kind of group. This is the announcements channel. And then we're going to then add the, uh, the a group once we can work out. With that, by the way, she was meant to remind me to tell, ask you guys what's the best way. Uh, but um, she forgot, and which means I forgot, and that's too late now because lessons got on too long. Too long. Zakman ahead, everybody. Thank you very much. Wafakakumullah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the content of this lesson. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Subhanakallahu wa bihamdika. Shadu Allah ilaha lantu wa sallahu wa rukallahu wa atubu alaik. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi